The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network podcast, the Golf Edition. I am Jason Sobel, along with the president of the John Rahm and Colin Morikawa fan club, my friend Peter Jennings, and it's been a nice couple of weeks for you, Peter. Uh, we start off every show with something a little actionable on this week, so give me a little something on the 3M, and I'm guessing you might have a little something to play with after these last two weeks as well, huh? It's been a fun two weeks. Congrats to John Rahm. And uh, yeah, moving on, we have a much weaker field, which I actually really like. I like these fields where we don't have a lot of the top end names from a betting and DFS perspective. Of course, like it when the big names are in there from an entertainment standpoint, but I think there's a lot of value and a guy we talk about a ton. Johnny Vegas uh, is one of the guys that I absolutely love this week. Betting perspective, DFS. He gains a ton of strokes off the tee. He's a super talented player. I think he's a good buy this week. I'm going to go with fading pretty much all the big names are four top 20 players this week i'm gonna fade them for the most part and i'm going with a young guy this week in a lot of lineups and some top 10 bets maybe even an outright here and there sahith figala if you don't know the name get used to it he won the ben hogan award in college he won the jack nicholas award we just saw will gordon a few weeks ago at the travelers championship finishing a share of third place get a special temporary membership to the pga tour guess what Thigala is a better player than Will Gordon, and we're going to see something from him this week against a weaker field. So uh, we will get into everything 3M Open related. We'll be joined by Draft Master Flex. You don't want to miss this story. Stick around. There's a good chance you'll hear a grown man cry, and it might not be him. It might be me out of empathy for him. So we will get to all of that. First, we're going to talk about the Memorial Tournament, what just happened this week, and Uh, Before we do, we're calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast to head to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Why five? Because you can't do six. That's why. Write a quick review as well. It only takes about 30 seconds to do, and we'd really appreciate it. Not sure how to do it? Well, if you're listening right now on an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts, tap the Action Network podcast tile, and scroll all the way down the episodes list. There at the bottom, you'll see ratings and reviews. The whole podcast crew really appreciates the effort, and it's definitely what John Rahm would want you to do, and Peter, John Rahm was doing exactly what you wanted him to do this past weekend, which was go out and win this golf tournament. Uh, you mentioned it. I actually did a radio interview earlier today where uh, the first question wasn't even a question from the radio host. It was, hey, I listened to your podcast last week, and 30 seconds in, Peter Jennings mentioned John Rahm, and he liked him to win, and so that's all I listened to, and I bet him, and I won. I go, wow, well, it should just be Peter on the podcast then because Peter knows what's going on. So, I mean, great win for you. And uh, what a kind of weird Sunday. I, I love the fact that we had some difficult conditions. We're going to get into the ruling uh, against John Rahm uh, that he assessed to himself and how that affected at least one person, and it wasn't John Rahm. Uh, but first, let's get into this tournament a little bit and kind of uh, what did you think about this past weekend? Yeah, super happy John Rahm won and uh... – yeah, the blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. So I'll take I'll take the win uh, with Rom. Uh, from a DFS perspective, I wish he would have won uh, a little earlier. He ended up being pretty chalky, uh, one of the chalkiest golfers with uh, his price tag being so low. So 
Uh, had a bunch of him, but it didn't pay as many dividends there. The outright bets were nice, but John Rahm's too talented of a golfer to not be right there near the top. And uh, there's a lot of recency bias coming into last week with John Rahm. So we saw that come to fruition. Congrats to John Rahm, one of the best players in the world, and we're going to see a lot more wins coming out of him. Uh, love the conditions on Sunday. It was just complete carnage. Uh, you were hoping your DFS golfers weren't going negative, which happened for, for some of those guys. So it was uh, it was complete carnage, but I like those conditions. And, uh, yeah, remind me of the Open. We're in that time frame. I know we don't have the Open, but uh, it was good to see those tougher conditions versus kind of the birdie fest that we've seen before. So I thought it was a great tournament. Um, it was great to see all the top names in the tournament. Good to see Tiger back. And, of course, uh, I'm a huge John Rom fan, so it was fun to see him win. Not to take away from your Rom pick, which should be highlighted right here, but on, I just want to point out that my favorite outright pick last week was Xander Shoffley, who shot 78 in the opening round. You ever, you ever want to get people mad at you on social media? Pick a guy to win, then watch him shoot 78 in the opening round and see how many people will tweet at you. Well, guess what? Not that many people tweeted three days later when he grinded to a 3-under-69 on Friday, made the cut on the number, played really well on the weekend, and finished in a share of 13th place, which, okay, that didn't cash outright bets, but uh, I fired Xander on a whole lot of DFS lineups and just by the skin of his teeth got to the weekend and really helped. So, uh, so he that had one, one of the best rounds on Sunday, right? Well. One of the top two or three rounds on Sunday. I, had I a believe lot of it was the two. second best round behind Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great. And the PGA Tour has so many great assets, great, great guys. And Xander's definitely one of them. And uh, what a talented player he is. Absolutely. So we're going to talk some more about what happened at the Memorial Tournament with our new friend, Draftmaster Flex, who, uh, trust me, you want to hear this story from our new friend, Joel. But first, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be announcing some exciting contests and promos for you, our beloved listeners. So stay tuned for those. And as a reminder, all summer long, Peter and I will be releasing PGA Tour betting previews to get you ready for these weekly tournaments. Plus, we've got Matthew Friedman, Chris Raybon, Sean Corner, going position by position with their NFL Fantasy previews leading up to week one of the NFL season. We'll have Stucky and Colin Wilson doing conference previews, NBA betting, NFL futures betting. So many great episodes coming to this podcast feed in the next few weeks ahead. You'll forget all about how you didn't listen to Peter and bet John Rob. And joining us now is Draftmaster Flex. And if you don't know who Draftmaster Flex is, that's okay. This is DraftKings username. He's got a real name too. It's Joel Shrek, lives in New Jersey and... He's got a story for us. I wrote a little bit about Joel's plight on Sunday evening and what happened, but Joel, you can describe it better for us. So take us through what Sunday was like for you on DraftKings and take us through this story that uh, I think people are going to sympathize with you and empathize with you after hearing about this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, obviously, I got a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth uh, after what, how it went down yesterday. Context is everything. So I want to give you a little context of my day to understand how bitter it really was. So we're having like a family Sunday at my parents' house, right? We're at the pool, hanging with the kids, my, my, my sister, the nephews, all that stuff. You know, I'm looking at DraftKings. I'm seeing, you know, I'm in this, I'm in this, I'm in this. Come, you know, there was a rain delay, so things got pushed back a little bit. Come around dinner time when we should be getting ready, ready to go home. I'm looking and I'm like, all right, I'm in eighth place. I have more holes left than all the guys ahead of me. I'm like, I'm really in this. Like, let's get this on the TV. 
let's start really tracking this. And this is for the showdown slate, correct, on DraftKings? The biggest tournament of just Sunday. Just the final round. $200,000 to the winner of this one, just to, just to qualify what, what you're going after here as you're hanging out with the family. And, and to be honest with you, I just started playing golf three weeks ago. So I was, I'm a big Whoa. NFL player. Obviously, there's no other sports going on. So I'm like, let me, let me play around with golf a little bit. I started getting into it. I actually, lucky enough, won 50 grand last week in a tournament in golf. So I was like, all right, I got money. Let's go back after it. So this week, I'm, I'm going after it. And then I'm back again. I'm in the mix. So like I said, I'm in eighth place with like going into the back nine. I got Rom. I got Palmer. I'm looking good. And so I get my family around. Everyone's getting excited, right? They don't really understand DFS, right? They just nobody does. Right. If you don't do it, nobody does. You can't explain it to your family. They can't. They don't get it. They think I'm gambling too much. Like, how are you going to win fifty thousand dollars again? Another week in a row. And I'm like, <laughs> don't worry. It's I'm not risking that much. It's okay. So we're, we're, it's coming down. And and I noticed that the guy that I got to pass doesn't have Rom. And that shot, that par five, I had Palmer and Rom. So I'm like, and if they both bogey, I'm in trouble. If they both par, I'm in good shape. So I'm like in between. Like, all right. When, Paul, when Rom chips that in, ecstatic, right? And me, my sure. brother, jumping up and down. Like, it's look, I'm going to win this tournament. And then everything goes to plan from there. Like, we're not listening. There's a lot of people at the house. No one's, like, listening to the audio where they start talking about the penalty. I don't hear any of that. I just oh. know if they par out, I'm going to win this tournament. I'm going to win $200,000. High-fiving, telling my, my mom's now like, wait a minute. You're going to win $200,000 after you won $50,000 last week. How much are you gambling? Or do you have a problem? <laughs> so now I'm like trying to like tag her off the ledge. I'm like, trust me, this is a good thing. I'm winning money, like all that kind of stuff. Even my wife, she's like coming in with the baby telling me, you know, we got to go. I'm like, we're not going anywhere. I'm about to win big. Like we're sticking this out. So it's over and I'm celebrating, right? I'm, we're jumping up and down. Um, you know, I think I won. I'm, I'm making purchases. I told my wife, let's put a down payment on a house. Like it's over. Oh. And then... One of my buddies texts me and he's like, you should put on the golf channel. They're going to overturn it. I'm like, overturn what? And he's like, that chip that he put in is going to be a bogey. I'm like, what are you talking about? It doesn't even make sense. Put on the golf channel. And the guy, the way he explains it, he's like, yeah, so we looked at it. It's really hard to tell. Uh, it's not really going to affect the tournament anyway. So we're just going to assess the penalty to be safe. But John Ryan still wins. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, it does affect the tournament. It affects me for $150,000. Oh. They say they're going to do it, and I'm still, like, confused. I'm like, all right, well, DraftKings still says I win. So what's going on here? What is it? How does it actually affect the score? Like, how many points am I going to lose? Mm-hmm. So I start doing the math, and I realize it's going to drop me, and I'm like, oh, my God. I, yeah, I, you not only like, lose the birdie, but you gain the bogey. Like, it's not like you went from birdie to par. It went from birdie to bogey, which is a huge difference. My brother started saying, you know, maybe they'll keep it as a birdie and they just assess him an end-of-round penalty, which mm-hmm. would not take away the birdie. If that happened, I would have still won. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that I can live with. I can live with that. But losing the birdie, I, I, I took away too many points. I sympathize with you. I, this is just uh, – it's a horrible story. And to lose it that way, which I, I thought it was a BS call on Rom. Uh, golfers assess penalties on themselves. I think Rom got into the scoring trailer and looked at it with tournament officials and basically kind of shrugged and said, okay, whatever. I still get the trophy. Just uh, dock me two shots so I can get on with my life. And – and he didn't really care. It was the same sort of uh, conclusion that Dustin Johnson came to at the 2016 U.S. Open, which was, hey, I still win, right? Okay, whatever. Then, then give me a penalty. So Rom didn't care that much. The officials were probably like, hey, let's just err on the side of caution. But quite frankly, it's a bad rule. If you're going to do that for Rom, you better keep a camera on every single ball that's being pitched out of the rough during all four rounds. So uh, I don't like the fact that 
it is uh, sort of targeting a guy in the lead. But, Peter, I'm going to throw to you as somebody who has had not only bad beats, I'm sure, over the years, but probably some big bad beats. What advice do you have for our guy Joel here to uh, get over this one? Yeah, it's it's really tough, Joel. And, uh, I, you know, I watched it back. I was surprised it was a penalty. And just to echo what you said, Jason, I mean, it, it really penalizes only the guys who are up front. And it just, it's one of those things. I think golf has so many things going for it, but these little rules really hurt the game. And I hope that uh, they look at this more down the road. Obviously, you can't improve your lie. And I get the intent of the rule is supposed to help the game. But stuff like this is just brutal. So feel free, Joel. My good friend, Andrew Wiggins, this is a pretty brutal one. He had, uh, he got second place in the NBA finals, uh, this DraftKings NBA championship for 250 grand. First place was a million. So great day, 250 grand, but a million to first was, was incredible. And the guy who, who won the tournament had Russell Westbrook on his team. And Russell Westbrook was incorrectly given a triple double, which is a huge bonus point. And it was reversed the next day. The next day, literally, the, the NBA took away the triple-double, but DraftKings had the ruling as a triple-double, and once the, the scoring is final for that day, it's over. So oh. he was not given a million bucks, a $750,000 swing on a phantom triple-double, and there's tons of bad beats, which just, you know, it's a sick part of the game, but there's also the good beats. So it sounds like you're having a lot of success, and hopefully you'll have some redemption with a big six-figure score here soon. I mean, fifty grand two weeks in a row, you're trending towards uh, that six-figure score. I certainly hope so. I said, well, but that's a, that's an interesting point. I ask you a question. So if if they had thought about this overnight and then decided tomorrow that they were going to assess the penalty, I still would have won. I believe that's the case. Oh, it's even Sorry worse. to pour more salt in the wound, but <laughs> I believe that's the case if they would have assessed it the next day. Because the, the, once the scoring goes final on DraftKings, that's it. Like once they have their and then they wait, like they wait to see what happens in the tournament. And the Westbrook thing happened the next day, so. DraftKings does everything they can. They don't want these horror stories. They want things to be clean, but uh, sometimes it's just the nature of stats. Joel, if, if John Rahm is listening right now, and I assume he is, I mean, why would he not be listening right now? And, and he accepted the penalty and assessed the penalty to himself. What message, Joel, do you have for John Rahm moving forward? So my, my main message for John is you cut yourself short, right? Forget about me. I'm not worried about the 150000 right? You deserve that birdie. You shot it in the hole. You earned it. And you should have fought for it. And the fact that you didn't, yeah, it cost me. I'm pissed. <laughs> uh, you got the fifty grand for second place. You've only been doing golf for a few weeks now. Are, are, are you going to stick with it once the other sports are coming back? And we got NBA coming back soon, MLB. You going to still be doing the golf a little bit? Well, I, I have a good history with NFL. I'm definitely not going anywhere with golf unless I start losing. I'm going to stick to that. I hope uh, not. I haven't had a great history with NBA. I'm going to put my hat back in there this year, and uh, hopefully we're in the bubble. We get some, some good action, and uh, maybe you guys will invite me back on next time, and I can tell you some more good wins and happy stories. Well, we're going to be tailing all of – Draft master flexes picks in golf moving forward. I've been doing this just a little bit longer than three weeks, and I'm still waiting for my six-figure payday too. So, Joel Shrek, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. I feel for Joel. Seems like a great guy. Just started playing golf three weeks ago, though, and he's already hit for 50 grand twice. I mean, Peter, I feel for him, but, like, I don't feel for him that much. Does that make sense? Is that okay? I definitely feel for him. That's a horrible <laughs> ruling. But at the same time, he's had quite a bit of success uh, very early on in golf. So uh, really nice guy. Seems like he has a really good head on his shoulder. So yeah. hopefully he'll have some redemption uh, and then that big six-figure score here soon. But, yeah, it's hard to feel bad for a guy who uh, won 50 grand two weeks in a row when he's just starting off playing DFS golf. 
By the way, when people ask you why you might like DFS instead of just betting, well, guess what? When you're betting, you either win or lose. When you're playing DFS, it's like, hey, I didn't win, but there's still the consolation prize. And 50 grand is a nice consolation prize for our guy, Draft Master Flex. Let's get into this week's 3M Open, which I mentioned earlier, only has four top 20 players in the field. Dustin Johnson is the current favorite coming off 80-80 last week. I'm not sure I've ever seen a tournament favorite of a guy who didn't break 80 in the previous week, but Dustin Johnson is that guy this week. Brooks Kepka, who is not 100% with his knee injury. Tommy Fleetwood, who hasn't played golf in four months. And then there's Tony Finau, and uh, Tony Finau might have a little PTSD coming off that front nine 42 on Sunday. That said, Peter, uh, I just spoke with Jeff Sherman, the VP of Superbook USA, uh, VP of risk management there. And, uh, and as we tape on Monday evening, he's already got a couple of big bets in outrights on Matthew Wolf, the defending champion, and Tony Finau, which I, I feel like I'm, I've burned enough Tony Finau money over the last few years that I, I don't want to jump off, but I'm not sure I really want to jump in right now. Does anyone interest you from that top tier of players this week? Well, I'm with you. I'm mostly going to be fading the, the top tier here. You know, DJ, I was really encouraged by his ball striking. Uh, you know, obviously he had the win, and he, he actually looked good at RBC. And, you know, last week he was in the featured groups watching him. It was just ugly. So tough to kind of analyze what to do with DJ given the recent, very recent form is bad, but the form before that was good. And he had the, you know, the knee surgery that no one talks about. So DJ is probably the most complicated one to figure out. Fading Brooks, given what he talked about with his knee, uh, I don't think I, I'm going to touch Brooks Kepka. Uh, I actually like Fleetwood in general, but I try not to take golfers that we haven't seen. I want to see that recent form. So I love Fleetwood as a ball striker, so I'm intrigued there. And then, yeah, kind of in the same boat with you on Finau. Uh, Paul Casey's the next guy. He's probably my yeah. favorite if you put him in the top tier. I know I missed the cut on the number, but uh, I think Paul Casey, you know, he's a great ball striker and you know, if the putter cooperates at all, he can make a ton of birdies, which is what you're going to need this week. So mostly a fade, but probably my favorites would be Casey. And then I guess Fleetwood. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think we're on the same page with this. I don't think I will bet anyone outright um, from that top tier, but for DFS purposes, I, I will have Fino in lineups and I will have Paul Casey in lineups. Uh, Fleetwood for me. Yeah. Probably a fade. We haven't seen him in a while. So you just don't know what kind of form he is in. We get to this mid-tier. We start looking down. I mentioned that big bet already on Matthew Wolf, the defending champion. Seems like this course is built for him, and uh, and he is a guy who's trending at least slowly, gradually in the right direction. Giddy up! Let's bet horses for courses. A couple other names on here that I really like, and I'm kind of moving just a little bit down the list, but Eric Van Royen. Uh, I'll say it right now. My favorite outright play this week at 45 to 1. Went to school in Minnesota, married a girl from Minnesota, staying with the in laws this week. Loves TPC Twin Cities, specifically this golf course. Uh, and he's been playing well, coming off a 22nd place finish at the Memorial. Eric Van Royen is my favorite play this week. A couple other guys in that range. Uh, Dr. Redman, who's uh, played well before his last start. He had three of his last four have been. Pretty good ones. He's pretty steady. Henrik Norlander, tough to ignore him. I, I don't know that too many sort of unheralded 33-year-olds all of a sudden start playing uh, great golf in the middle of their careers like that, but 
He seems like he can hang with these guys. Uh, I like his ball striking, like his touch around the greens. Sam Burns, Luke List, Patrick Rogers, all kind of in that same area. Um, what are you thinking from this mid-tier? Because I like a lot of these guys. Well, you, you literally stole every name I was going to mention. <laughs> first, off, first off, EVR, I think, is going to be very chalky. Uh, I've heard yeah. a couple people already talk about him. The Minnesota thing is a narrative that people are going to buy. In general, I want to fade the narratives, but I kind of I kind of like this one personally. So uh, struggling a bit with that. Uh, I would like to fade it, but I think it's a really good course for him. And he's also a guy that is very streaky. You look at his distribution of birdies. When he gets going – uh, he gets going in a big way, and I think that's what you're going to need this week. I think it's going to be a birdie fest to a degree, and I think EVR is going to be chalk for a reason. So I'll play him in the right formats, like cash games and DFS. I think he'll probably be in there, and I'll try to find some formats where I think he has some value. Uh, then you named the guys that I'm really – I mentioned Vegas off the top. That's the type of golfer I'm looking at. He's in this mid-tier. I like him a lot. Burns is probably my other guy that I just am going to have a ton of. I think – Burns is so good off the tee, just uber long, really talented player uh, that, you know, at times can make some big numbers, but also can get really get rolling with birdies. So I like Burns, especially in DFS. And I think there's some value in taking like T5, T10 bets on him. You mentioned Patrick Rogers, who's really coming on strong, another elite athlete, uh, hit the ball, hits the ball a ton. Uh, and same with Luke List. So Kind of going with these guys that are bombers, uh, which I think makes sense uh, on this track. And I think you have to look for birdies. So Really waiting, uh, birdie making, as well as guys who, who bomb it off the tee. Yeah, and uh, I think we're on the same page with all of this stuff right now. And you mentioned Johnny Vegas already. He's a guy that you and I tend to like on a regular basis. I think he's one of the more undervalued players on the PGA Tour. I think if you just watched him, if you were a golf fan and went to the range and just kind of watched everyone hitting balls, you kind of look over at Johnny Vegas and go, how come that guy is not a superstar? He just – he just kind of has the look and the feel of a guy who's, you know, a bigger dude, hits it a long way, soft hands. Uh, so I do like him. Sepp Straka's got kind of the same thing going for him. The Ox uh, he hits it a long way. He's been playing some good golf lately. Uh, I did speak with friend of the pod, Brendan Steele, earlier today. He said he played with Straka last week and was impressed by his game. So you're getting some firsthand knowledge. Uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bayo, maybe not a bad pick, although he hasn't played great. Then I'm going to go deep. I mentioned Sahith Figala earlier. I know a lot of people have never heard of that name, but trust me, at Pepperdine, he was one of the best players, if not the best player, in college this past year. So if you're ever looking for a young prospect to jump on early, he's the guy. And the other guy I'm looking at, another young player, Christopher Ventura. Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland got all the press last year coming out of Oklahoma State and going straight to the PGA Tour. Guess what Ventura did? He was a teammate of theirs, went to the Corn Ferry Tour, won twice, got his card that way. He earned it. Uh, not that the other guys didn't, but uh, Ventura is uh, a guy who's got, in his last five starts, bouncing back between both tours. He's got two top 25s on the PGA Tour and two top 10s on the Corn Ferry. So uh, I think he is trending in the right direction as well. Anybody else a little bit lower on this list that you're looking at, Peter? Yeah, and I'll mention one other name just in the mid-tier. I think you can make a lot of teams in the mid-tier. Harris English is playing really good golf again. Sure. That's another player that I think is, is worth uh, mentioning. When you start getting into the lower tier, yeah, you have a lot of really good names that I think make sense in terms of just guys who have upside. Uh, Kyle Stanley stands out to me. I think he's kind of in the upper end of that, that lower tier. Sam Ryder, someone that I've been on this year. He's cheap. Mm -hmm. He's 7300 on DraftKings. The guy who's cost me the most money in terms of bets so far this year and in DFS, I've loaded up on him, is Aaron Wise. Uh, he just doesn't oh, yeah. seem to get it done, but I have to have some exposure to him. Uh, again, yeah. I talked about it before on this podcast. You look at birdie making, 
He was top five last year. He had the same amount of birdies in the 2019 season as Rory McIlroy. So I'll continue to invest in Aaron Wise and hope to catch the lightning in the bottle when he does figure it out. Uh, really disappointing missed cut a couple weeks ago, just, you know, just shooting some big numbers uh, on Fridays. But he's interesting to me. And then a little bit farther down, a guy that I think represents a lot of upside, certainly a lot of risk. But Keith Mitchell uh, is starting to play some good golf, like including that. last week. And he's another guy who hits the ton out of the ball, like just absolutely smashes it off the tee, makes a lot of birdies, just seems to make a lot of big numbers. But I don't mind taking a little bit more volatile player. You know, I like the Strickers and Furics of the world last week. This week, I'm all about upside and the Bombers. So Keith Mitchell fits that mold really well. I have already written up my piece breaking down the four featured groups for Thursday's opening round. Keith Mitchell, this kind of shows uh, the lack of, superstar talent in the field this week but Keith Mitchell is in one of these four featured groups and I picked him to win on Thursday as a nice plus money play against Brooks Kepka and Charles Howell the third in their matchup so uh, I like Mitchell as well and like you said um, he might have a low floor but he's got a pretty high ceiling as well so uh, I think that could be a potentially nice upside play uh Pete you ready to get into this uh DFS lineup that we always do yeah, let's rock and roll. I think uh, it's a really interesting week on DraftKings that, uh, I again, I love these weeks, so I'm excited. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away, so let's get drafting. Uh, I'm going to give you the first pick because I've got a feeling where I'm going to go, so I'll, I'll let you have the first one. Okay, I'll, I'll just start off kind of a little bit below, but we've mentioned him a bunch already. I'll go with Vegas, which I think is a screaming value on DraftKings. He's only 7,900. Uh, I think he's a better player than that. And unlike some of the other bombers that I mentioned, um, he's getting a ton of strokes off the tee. I think he has a little bit higher floor than uh, some of the guys I mentioned previously. So I like uh, starting my lineups with Vegas, and uh, we have some money to spend too. Yeah, we do, and I'm not going to spend it because I'm going back to the guy that I mentioned right off the top of the podcast, and I got to put my money where my mouth is. Sahith Thigala. I am expecting too much, but I, I am hoping and expecting for a Will Gordon-like week where he comes out and just shows us why he was National Collegiate Player of the Year because, uh, like I said, this kid's got a lot of talent. Watched him play at Riviera, I guess, about two or three years ago when I was out there, and uh, I saw him at the time and said, well, this kid's got uh, the look of a pro already, and he was still just in college at that point, so now that he's turned professional, I, I think he's going to be a good player. 6500 for him this week. I think that's a fantastic bargain. All right. Well, you, you saved us some money, and you went contrarian, so I don't mind. I'm going to eat the chalk here. I think in general in tournaments, uh, you don't want to eat too much chalk, but eating one chalk to your pick is fine. Love the equity of EVR. I was on him before. Now I'm hearing everyone talk about him. Uh, I think it's for good reason, so I will put EVR in our lineup at 8800 funny we're taping this on monday night i i wrote my preview on sunday night my big tournament preview that's always about 2,500 words and i had van royen as my favorite outright play and i woke up monday morning early went on twitter and the first thing i saw on twitter was somebody saying my favorite pick this week is eric van royen and i go you know I, I i thought i might have something here i thought i might be on to something like hey nobody else has nope Nope, everyone's going to be on him, which is okay. Hey, so bet, if you hear this, bet it early. The price will probably move on him. So if there you want you any matchup, top five, top ten, folks are going to get liabilities on EVR, I think. So if you're bullish on him as well, I would uh, suggest going early because I, I expect him to have line movement given how popular he's been, uh, just what I've seen on Twitter so far. 
And there's been a trend. I mean, uh, we mentioned, and I'm joking a little bit about you having Morikawa and Rom every single week, but uh, there have been a lot of people on a lot of these recent winners. So just because everyone's saying Eric Van Royen, maybe you jump off a little bit in tournament contests on DFS, but that doesn't mean that everyone, just because everyone's on them doesn't mean you should jump off. Maybe everyone's going to win again. So uh, not a bad idea. Okay, so we've got three guys down the lineup. Um, I, I still don't want to spend too much money here. I'm going to go with the guy that's just been so good lately. I, I, I've watched enough of him over the last few weeks that I actually think he's a, a very strong player. Uh, sixth place last week at the Memorial, Henrik Norlander. Um, I, I, he's good. Uh, this guy, like, I don't know what's happened in the last 10 years of his career that he's sort of been a journeyman, but watching him play, I'm like, this guy's a really good professional golfer. Yep, I agree, and he's been a popular DFS pick among some of the sharpest DFS guys, so yeah. there's been some signal there, and people are realizing how good of a player he is. You're getting him in the 6,000s, and obviously a much different field, but he's moved all the way up, which I actually don't think is a bad buy, given his recent form. I think he's going to rate out as one of the top kind of point per dollar just from a projection standpoint, so I like that pick a lot. We have 9,100 for two spots here. I, I kind of want to mm. go balance, but uh, there's a couple guys I like. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll let you figure out. I'm going to leave you with a weird number. Let me see here. <laughs> this is Maybe we'll leave some money on the table. Like a bad caddy leaving me with a weird number. I, I want Burns on this squad. I, I really like Burns. Um, you know, two weeks ago we saw just how lethal he can be off the tee. Uh, he really hits the ball a ton. Super talented young player. Great ball speed, swing speed certainly lacks some of the chipping and putting um, at times, but the ball striking so good that I'm willing to bank on him getting hot. And really for a lot of these guys that I mentioned, it's just going to be about who gets hot with the putter and I'm just going to take some bombers. So I, I like Burns this week. He might be somewhat popular, but I think yeah. there's a lot of upside here. I believe T7 at this event last year and Sam Burns tends to be a course horse. If you go back and look at his performances over the last few years, tends to play the same course as well year after year. So I would expect a nice week from him. And I like that play, Peter. I, I've got 9,700 left, last spot in the lineup. And the two guys right at the top uh, to fill out this lineup, uh, Matthew Wolf, the defending champion, who I still think has a high ceiling, and Lucas Glover right behind him at 9,400, who I think has a very high floor. So it's, hey, do we want to go big and just hope that Matthew Wolf's upside uh, pays off once again? Or do we want to play it safe and go with Lucas Glover? I ain't a safe playing kind of guy. You know that, Peter. I, I like going for it and going for the upside and trying to hit that ceiling. So I like Matthew Wolf. We're spending all our money, but I think with some of these lower-level picks, we're not going to be too chalky. No, I don't think we're going to be super chalky. I mean, we have a couple picks in here that definitely aren't going to be chalky. A couple that might, but, man, the upside in this lineup is quite nice. Uh, it feels a little different in terms of the caliber of golfer that you're getting relative to last week, but uh, it's all relative. And I, this, is this again, is the week that I love. So – uh, I, I, I like the Puerto Rico Open. I like when we're, we're, you know, having to dig through some of these lesser names. And uh, these guys are all great golfers, too. That shows, like, just how good uh, the PGA Tour has gotten. The Corn Ferry Tour guys are amazing. So the level of golf has really improved. And I feel like we have six really uh, talented players in this lineup. Going back through it, it's Sam Burns, Henrik Norlander, Sahith Figala, Eric Van Royen, Johnny Vegas, Matthew Wolf leaving $0 on the table, and I'm completely fine with that as we get to this week's 3M Open. Oh, man, I, I can't wait for this. I, I'm with you, Peter. It's, 
uh, weeks like this that actually get me more excited. Not that I don't love when, hey, all the superstars are playing, but um, for betting and DFS purposes, when you get to dig in the weeds a little bit, I just think it's so much fun. And by the way, guys, uh, once again, we are calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast to head to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, write a quick review. It only takes about 30 seconds to do, and we would appreciate it. Not sure how to do it? Well, if you're listening right now on an iPhone, please do it. Like I said, we would appreciate it. And Peter, before we go, uh, anything else for this week? Is there a name that we haven't mentioned? Is there something else you're looking at in regard to this course that we haven't gotten to yet? What's, what's sort of left over on the table from, uh, from what we've uh, gone through so far? Yeah, we hit a lot of the names, and I think we're uh, synced up, which is exciting. Uh, those generally tend to be our strong weeks when we, we tend to agree on a lot of stuff. So excited about that. Yeah, in terms of the course, I really think it's important. We have one year. We have the last year's data to look at. So, so take a look at that. And then I also think uh, we, where we saw Bryson win at Detroit Country Club is a really similar course that you can look at for a uh, similar type of players to take this week, uh, which is a process that I'm going to go through as well. So good luck to everyone. And uh, as always, Jason, it's fun to be with you, bud. I can't wait. Like I said, really fun week. You can catch all of our stuff on the Action Network, the Action Network app. Everything that Peter's doing over at Fantasy Labs is fantastic. You want to check that out. And of course, the Gimme our live online show, 8.30 every Wednesday night, 8.30 Eastern time. Every Wednesday night, check social media for how to get there. Periscope, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. We're everywhere. For Peter Jennings, I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks for listening. Here's hoping you guys hit the green this week. We're finished talking.